morning. Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, we thank you so much um, that you are here with us, that you are dear to us. We confess that it is because of you that we experience life and renewal and wholeness, and we thank you so much for all the many good gifts you give us. We ask that you would come and you would be with us in this time as we think a little bit more about Jeremiah, think a little bit more about lament, uh, come and meet us in this time and change us by your grace. Amen. All right, well, welcome to Northfield this morning. Something I need to do, we're good. Uh, Welcome to Northfield this morning. My name is Nathaniel, I'm a member here. Um, And if this is your first time coming, welcome. Um, We've been going through a sermon series on Jeremiah. Four or three weeks ago, Rick spoke about, Rick Sherman spoke about Jeremiah the man. And uh, there are four things that kind of stick out from his sermon to me. One, was Jeremiah's accomplishments, if you can remember. It was a blank screen from a human perspective. Uh, a second was fire in his bones, right? Jeremiah was compelled to speak the word of the Lord. Another was the years of persecution and difficulty that Jeremiah endured. And finally, the many, many parallels between Jeremiah and Jesus. The week after that, Micah shared with us, and he spoke about water. He contrasted God as living water with faithless ones who are broken cisterns. And then last week, Brady talked about the new covenant. He talked about how Jeremiah looked forward to the future and the way that God would renew his covenant. Today, I want for us to talk about lament. And specifically, I want us to think about four questions. What is lament? You know, this is kind of a a word we don't use very much. Why did Jeremiah lament? Why do we lament? And then, last of all, practically, how do we lament? So what is lament? Um, A definition might be lament directs dark, difficult emotions and experiences to God. Right? So lament directs dark, difficult emotions experiences to God. If we look throughout scripture, we see a a wide variety of people actually do this, right? A wide variety of people actually lament. Uh, David lamented when Saul and Jonathan were killed by the Philistines. He says, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Stripped of their weapons, they lie dead. Asaph, the psalmist, laments the destruction of Jerusalem. How long, O Lord, Will you be angry forever? How long will your jealousy burn like fire? And even God laments, right? God says, God laments Israel's wickedness through the prophet Hosea's word. He says, Samaria, throw out your calf idol. My anger burns against them. How long will they be incapable of purity? Habakkuk the prophet laments. He says, How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save. So lament is widely, is a widely used expression in scripture. Now there are a variety of ways that people have talked about it, right? That they kind of structure 
this, uh, this lament thing. Uh, one of the simplest and most helpful that I found is lament described as three movements, orientation, disorientation, and reorientation. So the first one, orientation. You're walking along, life is good, and you're doing, generally, you're, you're trying to, to seek God as best as you can. And then, bam, you hit the tree of disorientation. Some event comes up in life, some sorrow, some difficulty, something that conjures up dark, difficult emotions. Now, I would just like to point out how intricate and lovely this, uh, this art is, you know, before moving on. Um, okay, and then the last movement, reorientation, right? So orientation, bam, disorientation, and then you have this choice, right? You're standing there, and you can either turn back and fixate on this tree, this thing that you just did a face plant on is causing you all sorts of pain and, and difficulty and disorientation, or you can turn back to God again. You can reorient yourself back to God. And this is what lament is, right? Lament is this movement from orientation, something happens, and then we make a choice not to fixate on the tree, but to reorient ourselves back to God. So let's look at an example of how this plays out in Jeremiah's life. The, the instance that I picked out was, um, in, occurs in Jeremiah 11, 18 to 20. Um, so Jeremiah was a priest from Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin. Anathoth is one of the towns given to Aaron the priest and his descendants, meaning that the majority of people there were priests. They were fellow people of Jeremiah. Then in Jeremiah 11, we come across an, an event that has to do with Anathoth, right? The Lord reveals to Jeremiah that people from his hometown, from the town of Anathoth, are conspiring to kill him. Now, aside from how disconcerting it might be for any of us to have a plot on our life, it was especially disconcerting for Jeremiah because this was his hometown. These were his people. These were the priests of God. These were the people who were supposed to carry out the messages God had given to Jeremiah. And instead, they were seeking to kill him. Right? So, this is the point of disorientation for Jeremiah. Then the Lord told me about the plots my enemies were making against me. I was like a lamb being led to the slaughter. I had no idea that they were planning to kill me. Let's destroy this man. And all his words, they said, let's cut him down so his name will be forgotten forever. Jeremiah hit that tree over there, right? But then he had a choice. And what was his choice? Was he going to look back at that tree and think about how bad his face hurt? Or was he going to turn to God? And we find that he does this in the next verse, in verse 20. He reorients himself back to God. O Lord of heaven's armies, you make righteous judgments, and you examine the deepest thoughts and secrets. Let me see your vengeance against them, for I have committed my cause to you. Right? It's not that Jeremiah isn't upset anymore, but he reorients himself back to God, and he puts confidence in the fact that God is the judge of all the earth, and he will deal with this situation.
Okay, so we've asked the question, what is lament? It's directing dark, difficult emotions to God. It's going through these three movements, right? Orientation, disorientation, and choosing to reorient yourself back to God. So why did Jeremiah lament? Well, let's look at his call. Would you open up to Jeremiah 1 with me, or you can also follow along here on the screen. Jeremiah's call gives us some information about why he lamented, why he went through numerous experiences of disorientation, sorry, orientation, disorientation, and reorientation during his ministry. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth, and he said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them, or I will terrify you. I will terrify you before them. Today, I have made you a fortified city and an iron pillar, a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. So, why did Jeremiah lament? Well, he experienced incredible pressure from two sides, right? On the one hand, Jeremiah lamented uh, because there is a nation of Israel standing over here. And the whole reason for his ministry, for his prophetic word to them, is their covenant faithlessness. They refuse to listen to his message, and they fight against him and against God. Right? As Micah said, he's preaching to people with dead ears. Now, pressure from the other side comes from God, right? God remembers the terms of his covenant and deeply desires for his people to live in covenant with him as well. He compels Jeremiah to speak both judgment and restoration, to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to plant and to build. As God's spokesperson, Jeremiah is compelled to speak. He must speak. God's word is burning in his bones. But he faces this incredible pressure of the whole people, the whole land, refusing to listen, right? And so these dual pressures pushing down on him cause an immense amount of suffering, dejection, and hurt for Jeremiah. And he goes through many experiences in his life where because of these, he experiences orientation, disorientation, and reorientation. So let's look at a few of those, right? Most of these have been mentioned in previous sermons, but it's helpful to revisit them. So the scroll, Jeremiah spent hours dictating a scroll to Baruch, only to have King Jehoiakim burn it. I think how discouraging that would be. Hours of your life, sitting there, trying to get it right. You know, Baruch, write this down. And then somebody just cuts off a piece and throws it. He experienced betrayal. We talked about this already. He experienced betrayal when men from his hometown of Anathoth conspire to kill him. Uh, a mob in the temple precinct sees him and they try to stone him. He had to prophesy judgment on, and destruction of the temple instead of serving in it, which would have been his rightful due as priest, right? Imagine how painful that would be. Your dad and your grandpa and your great-grandpa, they all got to go and serve in the temple. But what's your job? You get to say, 
the temple's going to be destroyed. That'd be very difficult. Um, he was thrown down a well and left to die. He experienced the uh, single most painful event in Israel's history when the Babylonians came and sacked Jerusalem. And then, last of all, he was forcefully kidnapped and exiled to Egypt. So it is in these disorienting circumstances of rejection, physical harm, and abandonment that Jeremiah reorients himself back to God again and again and again and again. In circumstances where he is inclined to turn his back on the God he serves and the call that he has received, instead he turns and he faces God. The act of lament holds powerful beliefs in the face of a world full of pressure to curse God and die. Now, what are some of these beliefs? God exists, right? Tell him, I am sent you. God sees. I have now seen the one who sees me. Talking, Hagar talking to God. God hears. I have heard my people's cries. God has the power to act. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand and a powerful arm. God is faithful. I will never leave you nor forsake you. It is to this God, to the God who exists, sees, hears, is powerful and faithful, that Jeremiah addresses his laments. He chooses to turn away from, he chooses to, excuse me, he chooses to turn from the pain and the sorrow that entangle him, and he chooses to relinquish control and address the one who is faithful. And this is the very same God to which we can address our laments. Now, the form present in lament, orientation, disorientation, and reorientation, bends evil in the world back to God, placing it in his hands, right? In a world that says, see, your God can actually do nothing? Your God can do nothing when sorrow and disaster strikes in a world that compels us to turn our backs on God in the face of suffering and loss? Lament chooses belief. Lament chooses to face God, to go against our fleshly reaction of turning our backs on him, and instead declare, I believe, help my unbelief. It is an act of faith to go through these steps, orientation, disorientation, reorientation. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about what is lament. We asked the question, why did Jeremiah lament? Now, why do we lament? We lament first and foremost because Jesus lamented. When he was walking to the garden of Gethsemane, he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. While experiencing death overtaking his being and God's face turning away, Jesus prayed, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, these words are from Psalm 22, a psalm of lament. What is key for me about these two moments in Jesus' experience is that like Jeremiah and others, Jesus directs his disorientation to God. He follows the first statement of being overwhelmed to the point of death with three prayerful appeals for God to cause this cup to pass from him. 
Likewise, even when he is on the cross and he's speaking these words of incredible pain and incredible abandonment, he is still directing his prayer to God. The answer to Jesus' lament on the cross comes with the resurrection the third day. Lament does not remove our suffering or our scars, but it does mean that we do not relinquish the possibility of experiencing God's presence in the sorrow. Lament does not remove our suffering or mean that we will have no scars at the end of it, but it does mean that we will not relinquish the possibility of receiving God's presence in the midst of the sorrow. All right, so why do we lament? Jesus lamented, and he asks us to take our cross and follow him. And insofar as that is a difficult experience, he also gives us lament to deal with some of those difficult emotions. Second of all, God commands us. We lament because God commands us to cast all of our cares on him because he cares for us, right? Psalm 55, 22, and 1 Peter 5, 7. In other words, when we experience disorientation in life, God says, I want you to hand that disorientation to me, and I want you to turn and face me once again. I want you to fix your eyes on me, not on these black waves that are to the left and right of me. I've already mentioned this, but lament exercises our faith in God, in the God who exists, who sees, who hears, who has the power to act, and is faithful. It strengthens our belief that God created, sustains, and acts powerfully to bring his creation back into the realms of blessing and life. So when Jeremiah was threatened by the conspiracy of men from his hometown, from Anathoth, what did he do? He reoriented himself back to God by saying, you are the creator of all things. You are the judge. Last of all, we lament because we all carry sorrows. Lament is a practical way to take these things, these sorrows, these difficult emotions that we all carry and, spill, and, and keep them from spilling over into other areas of our life. So what are some sorrows that you carry around with you? Well, let me share two of mine. Sorry, not there yet. Uh, two of mine. First of all, I grew up in Peru in South America. I'm a TCK, third culture kid, as, uh, as it's been called. Um, and I experienced a, a deep loss of place. Uh, my senior year of high school, graduated down there, finished up, and I was on the airplane back to come to college. And I had this, this, this sadness, this realization that, you know, I'm leaving the place of my childhood, and I'm never going to be able to go back there. I might visit, you know, but I can't really go back there. I can't really take my kids to experience the rhythms of life and the things that I experienced when I was there. And, uh, and that's sad for me. It really is. It's something that's become part of my fabric. I walk around with that. Um, another difficult thing, another sorrow that I carry with me. The same year that we came back uh, from overseas, uh, that year was a year of deaths. It was um, a lot of things ended that year. Um, and to, to cap it all off, at the end of the year, uh, we experienced a miscarriage. Um, and I think up until that point, the sorrow that we had walked through, the difficulty we had walked through, had brought us closer together, right? So there was, there was strength in that. There was ability to face life in that. And then, and then there was the miscarriage, and, and the sorrow drove us apart. 
That was really hard. Okay, so we've talked about three questions so far. What is lament? Why did Jeremiah lament? Why should we lament? Now, let's get practical. How do we lament? Okay, and I don't want this to just be, here's some information, now go try it yourself. So I actually want us to, to try this a bit as a group, which might feel a little bit odd, you know, and that's okay, but humor me and let's, let's try to do this together. Okay, so the first way we can lament is to write out or speak our own prayer of lament. Um, if I had lots of time, I would give you all pens and papers and say, hey, go try to do this. Think of a difficult event in your life and try to just try to write out a prayer where you direct these dark and difficult emotions to God. Um, but we don't have time to do that. So here is a prayer that uh, Carrie and I worked on shortly after we came back when there was a lot of difficult things going on in the country. Um, so I would, I would ask you to join us in the experience we had by reading this together. So lament with us over some of these difficult things we endured. If you would read the bold, I will respond uh, with the other. Uh, so go ahead. Declare, even when you cannot see them. Even from the pit of despair. Even when your enemies are triumphant. Even when his presence seems distant and the storms great. Even when the pain of loss clouds your mind. Even when fear is crippling. Even when waves of doubt flood your mind. Even when tears well up in your eyes. Even when the weak are trampled underfoot. Even when the powers of death prevail. Even when it seems that his word has gone out void. Even in your unbelief. He is with you always, even to the end of the age. All right, so practically speaking, how do we lament? We can write out, pray a prayer where we direct difficult emotions, dark and difficult emotions, back to God. Uh, sometimes it's hard to come up with words, right? Sometimes you sit down and, and, and you have a pen or, or pencil and paper and, and, and nothing comes, right? So sometimes it's helpful to have a template. And this is what that is, right? So uh, this is just a short statement. You can, uh, we can fill in with any number of circumstances, um, here it is. Creator of all things, we are experiencing the disorientation and pain of fill in the blank. We lament, fill in the blank, but we recall your faithful promise. You have overcome the world. All right. Have you ever known somebody who has walked away from the faith? Did this make you feel sad or alone? I have. So I filled out this lament template, kind of with this experience in mind, right? 
the, the, the pain and the difficulty of somebody walking away from the faith. So again, would, you, would we be able to pray this together, thinking about this kind of event? Creator, go ahead and pray with me. Creator of all things, we are experiencing the disorientation and pain of seeing someone we love walk away from you. We lament this deep loss and its accompanying sorrows. But we recall your faithful promise. You have overcome the world. Last, not last of all, there's a variety of ways that this can be done. But the um, third way that I thought about how we can lament uh, is to pray a passage of lament from Scripture. And a bit I want to do this uh, with a passage found in Lamentations 3. But before praying it, I want to share about a moment where this prayer um, was very healing to me. So this past summer, Carrie and I had gone out to Colorado for some meetings and uh, we were on our way back. I was driving, we were driving through the night uh, across I-80 in Nebraska. I was driving at 2 a.m. and I uh, was listening to Lamentations, right? Because what else would you listen to? Um, <laughs> and I had a lot of, of pent-up pain and sorrow inside me, and I was praying through some of the experiences of the last years. Now I said, God, I desire to be faithful to you. I desire to walk where you want me to walk. I desire to serve where you want me to serve. And yet, even as I have sought to live in this way, I have experienced difficulty and sorrow and pain. Now, in the silence that followed, it was as though I heard the words, you know, my prophet Jeremiah, he felt very similarly to you. My chosen servant Jesus, he also felt very similarly to you. In fact, he was the only truly perfect human alive at the time, and yet he experienced incredible difficulty and sorrow and pain. So as I was praying and driving, the book of Lamentations was playing, as I've said, and I kind of came to the end of this part of praying, and Lamentations 3 started to play, and the inertia of that passage drew out my sorrow. It burst my dam of grief. I was able to pour out my streams of heartache into the larger rivers of lament that Jeremiah voiced. And so now I would like to pray Jeremiah, excuse me, Lamentations 3 over you. But before I do this, I want to invite you to participate in an imaginative exercise with me. So I would like you to close your eyes. Go ahead and close your eyes. All right? And I want you to put your hands on your lap like you're holding some sort of container. Put your hands on your lap like you're holding some sort of container. Maybe it's a metal bucket. Maybe it's a bowl. Maybe it's a cracked cup. What kind of container are you holding? Now, imagine that you look down into this container, and you see that it is filled with water. And in that water, you see your own reflection. Also in the water, you see some of the sorrows that you carry around with you. I remember some of my sorrows I mentioned earlier were the loss of place and the pain of a, of a miscarriage. So I know it's hard, but would you be willing to see and to hold in your mind's eye some of those sorrows you carry around with you? Maybe it's the pain of a broken relationship, someone dear you've lost, pain caused to you or to your children. Maybe it is the sorrow of silent shame 
rejection from those you love, or a sense of abandonment from someone close to you. Perhaps it is sorrow from the pain of someone taking advantage of you, the betrayal of a spouse or the loss of a child, or sorrow of the way sin has taken over a particular area of your life. Maybe it's one of the recent sorrows our community here has experienced at NCF. What sorrows swirl around in the water next to your reflection? As I pray Lamentations 3 for us, I invite you to imagine streams of grief flowing down these aisles, joining into a river at the front. If at some point during the prayer you desire, rotate your hands forward and pray, I pour out my sorrows to you. I give you my griefs. Now I pray Lamentations 3 for us. I am one who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old and has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. He has walled me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I call out for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked. Like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in hiding, he dragged me from the path and mangled me and left me without help. He drew his bow and made me the target of his arrows. He pierced my heart with arrows from his quiver. I became the laughingstock of all my people. They mocked me in song all day long. He has filled me with bitter herbs and given me gall to drink. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say, my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I will remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet, this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We pour out our sorrows to you. We give you our griefs. Amen. Today we have talked about three different ways we can lament. We can write or speak a prayer of lament. We can fill in a lament template. And we can pray a passage of lament over a particular experience we are having. So this week, as you're going through your week, you know, that first picture, orientation, things are good, you're walking towards God, all of a sudden, blam, you hit that tree, right? May or may not happen this week. But if it does, I encourage you to take one of these things, one of these ways of how we can lament, and use them to reorient yourself back to God.